Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is part two of our 30-team NBA draft series. We're going to be covering the Boston Celtics. So the Boston Celtics have four picks this year. They have picks 14, 26, 30, and 47. Now, they had five picks last year and chose at, and chose a draft or and chose players at all five selections. Jalen, should Boston trade away all four of their picks this year? First of all, Ryan, it's sickening that we even have to ask this question, right? I mean, it, I mean, let's be real about it, dude. The Boston Celtics are potentially one of the deepest teams in the league. Gordon Hayward when healthy, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart, Kimball Walker, Enos Cantor, Daniel Tice. I'm still going. I'm still here. You see what I'm saying? And they picked all five guys up last year. Tremont Waters. Um, obviously, Taco Fall was in the mix of all of that. Or Taco Fall was a pickup that they made. Grant Williams. I mean, the, I mean, these are guys who are like rotational pieces at best on their team. But Ryan, you said it best off camera, and I kind of feel like it's great to share with the with the audience now. All Boston did last season when it came to the NBA draft and picking up NBA um NBA draft free agents, un- undrafted free agents, was they built a G League starting five. I mean, Ryan, this is ridiculous. So <laughs> with all of that being said, yeah, they need to trade the four picks. They need to trade as many of them as they possibly can, preferably all four. And I think what they need to do is they need to try to move up. So, Ryan, we talked about this a little bit off camera, and I want to see, hopefully on, hopefully later on in the comment section and things like that, um, get a little bit of a response to this hypothetical draft trade situation that me and you kind of came up with. So our idea um, is basically – that we believe that 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 at the 14th pick and Ryan made this made a very good point about this off camera too was that they need to move up and they need to move up significantly high they're already in the lottery with that 14th overall pick so that part is already understood what we think is that they need to package the 14th overall pick either the 26th pick and the 30th pick or or one of the two as well as their 47th overall pick and they need to package those three together and target teams who truly need players on their roster, teams who might even be desperate to get a lot of players in a draft that has a lot more high ceilings and low floors than like boom to put boom potential. So I'm so basically the idea is that they should take those picks and target the Cleveland Cavaliers at the fifth overall pick potentially the Atlanta Hawks, who we talked about on the previous episode, who honestly could fill out their roster considering they're a good handful of holes that we pointed out across the uh, across the board, specifically the forward position, backup point guard, and power forward slash center. 
which pretty much is their whole roster. And the Detroit Pistons, who Ryan did a little bit of research on, and a lot of draft, a lot of draft experts are suggesting that the Detroit Pistons need a little bit of everything. And they only have one draft pick in this year's this year's draft, and it's the seventh overall pick. So with all that being said, I think that they should take three of the four picks, if not all four, and use them to package package them together and reach out to one of those top seven teams, those three teams in particular being Cleveland, Atlanta, or Detroit, and try to go get them a big name in the top seven rather than adding all these guys who in 2K21 are going to be wearing 2K generics and be 59 overalls. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, let's be real about this for a sec. There's no way in the world that that Cleveland couldn't make couldn't make better picks and make make true use of these players. There's no way that Detroit couldn't make better use of these picks than Boston. Boston needs to give them up. And I'm not saying they got to go make a wish foundation on them or nothing, but give to the needy for a second, please, Boston. I mean, Danny Ainge, man, you are a ball hog. Ryan, I'm sorry if I got a little passionate there, but I thought last year that Boston was really going to go all in for a big name trade for a guy like AD potentially. They've had chances at Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler in the past, and they just keep letting it go. I'm not saying they can package it, package these picks for a for a big name star, but they can at least go get a big name guy in the draft, right? Right. The two the two K jerseys got me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, two K jerseys, fifty nine overall, it's all too relatable. Um, <laughs> I have to I have to agree with you though, trading at least three of these picks is probably the smartest move for Boston. And yes, I would target a franchise like Detroit or Cleveland who only has one pick in the draft. We kind of mentioned this off camera too, but like packaging these picks, it's absolutely necessary. I think that you, you don't need four picks. You don't need four more players on a roster that's already kind of stacked with college standouts. And yes, I made the illusion off camera that this is a G League starting five with Tremont Waters, Carson Edwards, Romeo Langford, Taco Fall, and Grant Williams. All were great players in college. But do you really need four more players? The answer is no. And I just think I just think that it's not it's not worth it for Boston to keep all four players. Now, with that being said, though, if they were to keep all four players, and I'm going to throw it back to Jalen with this question, with their 14th overall pick, who do they select? Man, this one kind of it kind of ate at me because, you know, the discussion with Boston is like, you know, what do they exactly need? You know what I mean? In terms of finding a guy who can produce for them early, bring true quality minutes to their team, and actually be a part of the rotation, who do they actually need? I mean, it's it's kind of rough, but I like who Tankathon has them taking 14th overall. And it 
I guess it contributes to the fact that Boston's going to add some more Williams brothers or something because they already got the Time Lord Robert Williams and they have Grant Williams. And I like this pick at 14th that Tankathon suggested for picking up Patrick Williams out of Florida State. Freshman out of Florida State, sixth man of the year in the ACC, has a lot of potential. Youngest player in the draft. Youngest player in the draft. And we know that Boston likes the wings. And Patrick Williams fits that 3-4 position very well. Do they really need any more wings necessarily? Probably not when you have Jason Tatum ascending, Jalen Brown ascending. Gordon Hayward is a question, especially going into this offseason as he's, as he's on the back end of his, um, of his recent contract that was signed when he was picked up by Boston. I genuinely be, believe that if Boston has to take, take these picks, right, at 14, I feel like it's really okay to swing for the fences on a high-potential guy who you might have to kind of breed up a little bit in the G League, for example, but he's a guy with so much potential that you'd rather have him as part of your developmental program rather than missing out on his potential. And as a two-way player at that forward position, youngest player in the draft with a lot of upside, I feel like Patrick Williams is a guy they can swing for the fences on, and I don't think they'll necessarily miss out. Yeah, I think Patrick Williams is a great choice out of Florida State. And I know, yes, he's the youngest player. And Boston's known for developing young players into stars. I mean, look at guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as examples. I actually think that they go a slightly different route and they address the the gaps in the three and the, in the small forward and the power forward role in the power forward position. Um I think that they go with either Precious Achiwa out of Memphis, who NBC has uh, Boston selecting with the 14th pick, or I can see them taking Sadiq Bay out of Villanova, who CBS has uh, Boston selecting with the 14th overall pick. I think they're both great choices, and I feel like they're, they are win-win scenarios for Boston. Um, I don't think Boston's looking for starters, though. I think they're pretty much just looking for more depth than what they already have, basically trying to fill out two G League starting fives. <laughs> uh, either way, I feel like that they fill gaps in the power forward center position, and then you're adding more depth to your small forward position. Um, I think a Chiwa is a great rim protector, and I think he's also very aggressive when it comes to posting up in the paint. Um, and just driving the ball down the lane, um, as well as defensive, as, as well as being known mainly for his defense and, and his athleticism. Um, I think he's really shown a lot of potential to being a great perimeter shooter. Um, I just think he needs more development for on his um, three point shooting, on his um, like three point shooting ability. Um, Sadiq Bey, on the other hand, I feel like he already has a great ability to be able to shoot from beyond the arc. He hit 45% of his threes from, or he hit, he hit 45% of his threes last season with Villanova. I think he really fits the offensive system that the Celtics have mainly relying on the play of their wings. But I think death is really the name of the game for the Celtics right now. 
I mean, I think both of those picks are honestly, I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, I feel like personally, um, going back to what you said in terms of addressing the power forward position specifically, Patrick Williams and Precious Achua both fit that mold very specifically athletic guys who are active on the defensive end. I think for Precious Achua, the biggest question is going to be his motor when fully engaged, when he plays at high, when he plays at high uh, level, when he runs the floor, when he's consistently active on both sides of the, of the court. That's when you see the best version of Precious Achua. And I, genu- I genuinely feel as though at Memphis, he actually benefited a little bit from the fact that James Wiseman was not on the floor. I feel like there were a lot of things that would have limited Precious's game if James Wiseman were on the floor. And I think there were certain things with his athleticism that we may not have been able to see with a guy like James Wiseman occupying the paint like that. I feel like Sadiq Bey actually may be a better pick than either one of those out of the fact that the biggest thing you named is the boy can shoot the ball. I mean, one of the best three and D wings in the country, I would say one of the better three and D wings in the country, definitely a guy who could put the ball in the basket from beyond the arc. Like you said, 45% from three um, for Villanova this year. And he's a guy who, He checks all the boxes off of what we see as a prototypical three and D wing player in this league, Uh, a Trevor Ariza and Otto Porter to a, to a certain degree. Guys like that are all guys that this, this player in Sadiq Bay kind of fits the mold of. And when you don't really need a lot out of a guy like Sadiq for a roster like Boston, he can just come in, play defense, shoot threes. He's basically Robert Covington is probably the best way to kind of, you know, comp two players together in terms of draft to pro. And if Boston can get a Robert Covington type player at 14, I mean, they might not necessarily need him, but it's a great pickup to have if it's somebody that you think you can throw into a, a rotation. Yeah, I think it's a solid choice to have either Sadiq Bey or Precious Achua. But I think that one of the tough things in selecting a guy like Precious Achua or a Sadiq Bey is that you're already going to a loaded roster. And it's almost like how much playing time are you going to get? I think the thing that benefits Achua more than Bey is that the Celtics really need help at the center position just based off the fact that they have inexperience. Um, I think, you know, having a guy like Enos Cantor coming off the bench benefits the Celtics. But I think the other thing too, is that, you know, Taco Fall is probably going to be ahead of Precious Achua in terms of how many minutes that each player is going to get. So I don't know, like I said earlier, this is a tough scenario for any of the draft picks that Boston selects if they decide to keep all four. But with that being said, Jalen and I both said that if Boston trades away their picks, they will most likely keep the 26th pick. Jalen, who do you believe that Boston will select with the 26th pick? Man, this one's almost harder than the 14th overall pick. And I'm kind of just looking around at different guys who could maybe fit the mold of somebody that 
can can make a Boston roster. Like, man, it's it's just rough to even put it together. But I'm gonna go with a guy like Trey Jones. He was a guy who was mocked to them a lot last year, um, by a lot of different analysts in terms of putting him with that system. He's a guy who he's played around superstars before. He played against the top what the first overall pick and the third overall pick in last year's draft, not to mention Cam Reddish, who was also a lottery pick in that exact same draft. He played with three lottery picks all in the same year. And he's playing with a lot of guys like Cassius Stanley and Vernon Carey who are going to be first round picks this year. So he's played on two Duke rosters who have had NBA first round level talent on the squad. And he's been able to produce I think the best thing for Trey Jones, considering the fact that really I thought he should have came out last year, he truly improved as a three-point shooter in this second season with Duke. And I feel like that's what makes him a lot different from last year. Because beforehand, this is already one of the top point guard defenders in the ACC, a defensive player of the year in the ACC, and one of the better perimeter defensive players in the country overall, this is a guy who can make his pickings on Boston being a system player, a guy who can fit in if a, if a Kimball Walker goes down, who tends to have n- nagging injuries here and there. If a Marcus Smart is not available for a night or two here and there, as a second unit guy in general, he is a guy who I feel like can who can efficiently run the second unit. And if for whatever reason thrusted into a lineup where he might play alongside a Kimball Walker, uh, a Jalen Brown, a Jason Tatum, if he's around these guys, I feel like he finds his way to fit in with those rotations. And rather than being a deterrent or being some young guard taking away from the established stars on the team, he actually will be able to help assist in being able to give all those guys the looks that they need, putting the ball where it needs to go, and just running the offense efficiently. So I feel like Trey Jones screams Boston system player to me. Again, I guess the biggest question with all of these guys, of course, is always going to be where is the playing time coming from? But I think if he gets the playing time, he's a guy who can definitely help run an offense for them. Um, I have to go in a different direction, and I'm going to say they go with Jalen Smith out of Maryland. I think mainly because of the fact that they need help at the power forward position and the center position. Um, I feel like Jalen Smith just screams diamond in the rough because I think he's he's really improved at his time at Maryland. Um, I think in a draft where, you know, there's going to be a lot of diamonds in the rough, I think Jalen Smith kind of fits the mold of what a diamond in the rough is in the NBA. I feel like if they don't select Precious Achua, they go and get Jalen Smith to help fill the gap at power forward and center. Um, He improved from averaging 11 points a game and six rebounds a game his freshman year to 15 points a game and 10 rebounds a game in his sophomore year. Um, He also really improved in his three-point numbers, going up from 26% to 36%. And also – just went up from a block a game to two blocks a game, averaging a block a game to now two blocks a game over the course of the year. Um, 
I think he's also really another solid rim protector that can shoot the ball and I think now makes a great addition at the four and the five for the Celtics. Now, again, I kind of bring up this issue of how many minutes is he going to get in the NBA considering you have to split those minutes really with the starting center, Daniel Tice, um, the backup center, Enos Cantor, Taco Fall, Robert Williams, Grant Williams. It's just where do you, where do you find Jalen Smith? Where do you place him in this sort of a system? Now, obviously, you know, he, he, with, with Boston's uh, developmental system, I think they can make him a star. So I have no doubt that this could be a great choice. But again, I just it all goes back to the question of how many minutes is he going to get when he gets drafted? Well, rather than beating the drum, right, for another two picks in terms of the 30th pick and the 47th pick, let's just kind of go to our final point in terms of discussing this, right? We have an understanding that there's very limited roster space on this team and even less minutes available in terms of production on this team. We understand that the forward position is their most loaded spot on the court. We also understand that Enos Cantor, Daniel Tice, Taco Fall, Robert Williams are the main guys who occupy that four or five position. With that all being taken in consideration, if, if they are in a position where they have to take all of these picks, what position of need do you feel like they need to hit the most? What is the position that you feel as though you have four choices, Boston? If you do not address this said position in this draft, you wasted all four picks. What's the position you feel like if they have to get somebody at that spot, they have to get them with one of the four picks? I still have to say the center position. Um, I, I think that it's you, – you can focus on the point guard position. You can focus on shooting guard in the first round, but the, I feel like that's a second-round priority in getting a guy that could be like – that could be Ashton Hagens or Marcus Howard or Trey Jones or Peyton Pritchard. But I, I think really the center position needs to be addressed in this first round. I think there's – a lot of potential for a guy like Jalen Smith to really succeed and thrive in an offense like Boston's. I could say the same about Precious Achua. Um, but I really feel like even if they trade up to get or to um, the fifth pick or the seventh pick, if they get a guy like Obi Toppin or if James Wiseman falls in, falls to them, I feel like being being a center would be your lucky day if you were an NBA draft pick looking to find a contender in Boston. That's really like my main concern with the Celtics. I just feel like if you get a point guard in the first round, it would be pointless considering you have Kemba Walker, you have Carson Edwards, you have Tremont Waters. I just feel like there's not a need for that in Boston. So I would have to say center. I have to agree with you. And I honestly feel like kind of piggybacking off, piggybacking off your point, whether they have all four picks or they trade up to one of those top picks. I think that the center position is key. If they trade up and they get as high as somewhere like seven with Detroit, 
I think if Onyeka Okongwu falls to them, I think you swing on that, and that's a perfect fit. I think in situations like what you named off earlier, he would be a bit of a small ball fit, but Precious Achua would be an excellent fit. I think Jalen Smith was a perfect name to throw out for them, considering the fact that we've seen what happened so far, or we've seen in these playoffs to an extent, how how the developmental process of Boston has helped Robert Williams, who is a guy who's been giving them good minutes alongside Daniel Tice. In In the series we are watching right now against the Raptors, they both combined for 23 points in game one and then helped them get a win in what was pretty much a group effort where no player scored 20 points but they had six players scoring double figures, two of them being at the center position. That's the kind of production that they've needed for a while. And I think the biggest thing that they need is a rim protector, but a guy like Jalen Smith, Vernon Carey Jr. is another guy out of Duke who I feel like at that center possession could be really good for them. Ryan, I have to agree with you wholeheartedly, man, whether they take him with one of these millions of picks it feels like they have, whether they take it with that 14th overall pick that they have in the lottery, or they take all of them to trade up somewhere significantly high in that top five to top seven range. They need to get a center. They need to get a center who can play good minutes for them. They need to get a guy who can give them some type of production at that spot because unfortunately it's really the only hole that they have. And I guess we're saying, unfortunately, in terms of being draft evaluators, right? For their team, having very minimal holes is what leads you to to a potential championship run. But when you're looking at the NBA draft and you're thinking about players who will fit, the center position is the only position they can truly address in a way that will actually be effective within the next year, even or two in terms of getting a guy who's going to be able to actually be on the court night in and night out for them. I guess with that being said, though, it kind of is a good transition to our question of the day for our fans. Who do you believe that, or what do you believe that Boston is going to do with their draft picks? Will they draft four players? Will they trade them and package them into a deal? Or will they take two and package two away in a deal? What you guys think is going to happen, or what you guys think will happen with Boston's draft picks? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure you rate us five stars on Apple and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.